Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles, I want to go ahead and jump into our sermon this morning. Go, go, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be looking at several different scriptures in, in the book of Matthew this morning. But as we are continuing our comeback series, I, I was beginning to think this week of another great comeback. And as I was growing up as a teenager, my favorite basketball player was Michael Jordan. I mean, I know kids today are LeBron this, LeBron. Michael Jordan was the goat. He still is the goat. He was, he was the best. And all over my room, I had posters of him flying through the air and all that stuff going on. And the reason why, because I couldn't play basketball. I dreamed about it, but I wasn't any good at it, so I just lived through Michael Jordan's posters on my wall, and, and so as this pandemic hit us back in March, uh, ESPN came out with a documentary series called The Last Dance. I don't know if you've seen it, but it basically goes through Michael Jordan's life as he was a kid growing up and then on to becoming a champion and, and with the Chicago Bulls. But I remember that one point in his life, in his career, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was right after he won his third championship with the, with the Chicago Bulls, he decided to walk away from basketball. I mean, the man was on top of the world. He had everything, and everything was right. Everything was, he, I mean, he had won three national, cha- or, uh, you know, national championships with, with the Chicago Bulls, and he decided to call it quits and to walk away from it. The story goes on and talks about there was a lot of things that was going on in his life. His father had just passed away, which was a huge role model in his life. And he was just really, really battling, you know, not, not necessarily depression, but he was having a hard time because his father wasn't there anymore, which he would always go to and always talk to. So he had a really, really hard time after his father passed away. So he decided to walk away from basketball, give it all up, and, and he decided to pick up baseball. So he played baseball for a couple, maybe a season or two, and, and then after that was over, he decided that he would come back and play basketball again. After stepping away from it all, had kind of, kind of getting everything refocused in his life, he made a comeback to basketball to where he went on and won three more championships with the, with the Chicago Bulls. So he had, he had a great season and a great comeback in his life. But I want to talk to you this morning about comebacks. You see, there's great, we love a great comeback story. But I want to tell you, sometimes in your life, you need to step away and get refocused. You need to step back and get some things in perspective and get things focused in your life. And that's what Michael Jordan had to do. He had to step away from the game and get refocused and get everything back to where it needed to be in his life. You see, throughout the Bible, there have been so many great comeback stories. And the reason why I believe in a good comeback story is because I believe that God is all about a good comeback. God is all about a good comeback. He loves a great comeback story. He specializes in comebacks. He specializes in do-overs. He specializes in mulligans for you golfers out there. He specializes in do-overs, that when you mess up, when things are not going right in your life, you can stop what's going on, you can get refocused and get sent back on the, on the path that God had set out for you. He loves a great comeback story. So when you mess up, it's not over. Unless you choose to, 
make it over. That God will forgive you. God will set you free. God will put you back on the path that He has designed for each and every one of us to walk on in our life. You see, I shared a statement with you last week, and I want to share it with you again because I read it again this week, and this is what it says. It says, what we decide to do in our setbacks determines whether or not we have a comeback. What we determine to do when everything falls apart, when our world is not where we think it needs to be, determines whether or not we have a comeback. You get up from your setbacks and make your way forward so that you can have a comeback in your life. You see, no matter what kind of setback that you've had or that you've experienced in your life, whether it's one that was out of your control or maybe it was one that was brought upon yourself because of some decision that you made, what you decide to do in that setback will determine whether or not you have a great comeback. I just want to remind you guys of something this morning that I really feel like God spoke to my heart this week as I was preparing this message. And this is what it says, very simple. Anything is possible with God when He steps onto the scene. Anything is possible when God steps onto the scene. You may see it as impossible, but God sees it as possible. And when He steps onto the scene, things begin to change. So you may be in the middle of a bad time in your life. You may be in the middle of something that's going on in your life right now. But I want to tell you, God can step into that situation. He can turn it around and He can make it possible when everything in your life seems impossible. We may see it as impossible, but God sees it as possible. When Jesus shows up on the scene, everything becomes possible. As I read through the scripture, I see story after story where Jesus shows up in the middle of something that doesn't look good and begins to change. That situation just begins to change when Jesus shows up. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and through 20, this is what it says. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and the other Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. I love that they had to tell us that they were fishermen there as if we didn't know that they were fishermen because they were throwing. Anyway, I'll move on. Verse 19 says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed after Jesus. You see, those words that Jesus spoke in that moment, they had special meaning. They were just not empty words to fill a page. They were not empty words to fill up space. But those words, come follow me, they had meaning. And when God says something to you in your life, that it, it, it has meaning. It's not just words for Him to be speaking. It's not just words to fill up space. But it's words that mean something to you. Why? Because He spoke it directly to you. So He says to them, come follow me. You see, when Jesus speaks something into your life, you can rest assured it's for a reason. But you have to understand something about this passage. This wasn't the first time that these guys had seen Jesus. If you go back and you look in John chapter 1 and you read verses 35 through 42, it speaks of them meeting Jesus. But this moment in, in Matthew was different than the first time that they met Jesus. This meeting when Jesus invited was, was a meeting where He invited them to come follow Him and they accepted. They accepted Jesus' invitation to come follow Him. The Bible says that they left 
everything and they went to follow him. Can you imagine, can you put yourself in that, in that moment where Jesus shows up on the scene and they're just casting nets out into the water? They're just doing what they've always done what every, probably since they were little kids. And Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, hey guys, come follow me. And I will, I will make you into fishers of men. And the Bible says that they dropped everything and they followed him. They didn't ask questions, or at least the Bible doesn't say so. Maybe they did. But the Bible says that they dropped everything and they went and they followed Jesus. They accepted his invitation to follow him. See, the Bible says that they left everything. Dropped it all to go follow Jesus to become a, a disciple. You see, every rabbi during that time would have men that he would select to come and be part of a learning and, and teaching of the law. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was gathering these men that one day would, would take his church on to the next level. So he was bringing them in, into their lives so he can teach and mold them into what God saw them to be. And this is what Jesus did. He called them and he said, follow me. And they accepted it. They would watch him and they would learn from him day after day as, as he was preparing them for something greater as an individual. You see, Jesus chose Peter that day to become his disciple with the other ones that were there. You know, for me, I know many times in my life I feel like I'm not worthy enough to be used by God. I look at my life and I go, man, how is it possible? Why would God choose me? I know what I've done. I know what I am. I know what I struggle with. Why would God choose me? Why would God call me? Why would God do this in my life? Why? Because he wants to do something that I see impossible, and he wants to change it to possible. And when we follow Jesus, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how busy our schedule may be, no matter what God says, hey, do this or do that or follow here or follow there, if we would just do those simple things that God says, that God will just pour out his blessings upon us. He will just keep leading us and he will keep guiding us to places that we have never been before. So this was the, the second encounter that they had with Jesus. And if you look later on in Matthew, he's with his disciples and they have witnessed Jesus doing all these healings and all these miracles and all these things that are going on. They're, they're being part of something great. They're watching all of this stuff. And then there's a discussion that breaks out. And Jesus asked this question, well, what, are people, what do people say about me? What are they saying about, who do they say that I am? And their disciples said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. You're a great prophet. And then Jesus, in only a way that Jesus does sometimes, he personalized the question. And he says, okay, what do you say about me? Who do you say that I am? I know, I know these other people have an opinion about me. I know these other, opinion, these other people have said this. But what do you say about me? Who do you think I am? And in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, this is what Simon Peter said. Simon Peter answered, he says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says in verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That is a big moment in Peter's life. That Jesus looked at him, they asked the question, or Jesus asked this question to his disciples, to his followers. 
He says, well, who do you say that I am? And in a moment, the Spirit of God fell on Peter, and Peter revealed who Jesus was without even really knowing who he was. He says, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And in that moment, Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon to Peter, which means rock. And then he says this, upon that rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what he said about Peter in that moment. From the man who said, come follow me, and Peter dropped everything. In that moment, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Guys, that's promising for us today. To understand that God has built, wants to build something on your life. He wants to build the church on your life. He wants to do incredible things in your life. And he's telling you that if you follow him, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Even though you may feel like it, even though you may feel like you're under attack, and, and you may be under attack, but listen, the gates of hell will not prevail over your life because the Spirit of God lives in your life. And He's building a church upon each and every one of us. And Peter's mind in that moment, I can just imagine, it's like, it's just blown. He, don't, he really doesn't understand what that means. He's just like, I'm just following you, God. Wherever you want to go, I'm going. Let's go. That's what I feel like Peter's attitude was. He looks at Peter, this new disciple who used to be a fisherman. And he, and he had this spiritual connection with God in that moment. And, and Jesus changed Peter in that moment. Again, Peter had no idea what Jesus was saying or even speaking over his life. But can I tell you, it was a big deal. Can I tell you this morning, you may not always know and understand what Jesus is speaking over your life. But can I tell you, it's a big deal. Don't take it for granted. Don't just blow it off. Ah, that's, if God's speaking it, it's something. And it is for something or for someone in your life. A fisherman by trade who left everything to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't, listen, Jesus didn't just give Peter a place, but he gave him a purpose. He didn't just give him a place, hey, come follow me, but he gave him a purpose. Hey, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon your life. That's a purpose. Every one of you in this room, God's given you a purpose. He's given you a place, but in that place, he's given you a purpose to fulfill whatever it is that God's laid upon your life, whatever it is that God's calling you to do. It's, it's for God's glory and for God's kingdom. When Jesus shows up, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So a great comeback story. But in other, in other words, to have a great comeback, you have to have a setback sometimes. We were sharing with, uh, with, our, with Simeon and Raquel, who were some dear friends. Well, they're not just friends, they're family. He was talking to us about some football stuff about he, his life years ago, and, and just he talked about having a setback and how it just opened his eyes and how he just got refocused and just came back the next year and just have an incredible year. You see, to have a great comeback, sometimes you've got to have a setback. And the problem is we don't like setbacks. But if you have a setback, you learn to get refocused. You begin to see things a little bit differently than you've ever seen before because if everything's wonderful and everything's great, then you have no worries. But when something comes into your life, what are you going to do then? A setback, a, 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 an obstacle, a situation that may come into your life, you've got to have, sometimes got to have a setback to have a great comeback. So everything in Peter's life was, was going pretty good. Since making a decision to follow Jesus, things in Peter's life were we're going really good. You read the scripture. Outside of a few bumps in the road, the journey has been good for Peter. I mean, he got picked to be a disciple. Jesus changes his name. 
to which means rock. You're now the rock. He says that upon you I'm going to build this church. Peter along with James and John become Jesus' closest friends. They're in the inner circle with Jesus. Oh yeah, and there's other things that he walks on water too. I mean, you know, throw that in there. So, so Peter's having a pretty good deal right now with Jesus. So there's a lot of things that was happening in Peter's life since making the decision to follow Jesus. But, but, there was an unexpected turn in Peter's life. All of a sudden, there, there's something that begins to happen in Peter's life that kind of throws him off course. Peter's about to experience a setback. This man who walked on water, who has done all these wonderful things, is about to have a setback in his life. And what's crazy about it is this, that even though Jesus predicted what was going to happen to his disciples, he predicted it even to Peter what was going to happen, that he would be arrested and later killed. Understand, the story doesn't stop there. That's not the end of the story. It keeps going. And what, what I feel like Jesus was saying in that moment is this, this is what's going to happen, guys, but here's what I need you to do. Trust me. Don't give up on me. Trust me. Just keep your eyes upon me. Just keep watching what's, what's happening. Just keep your eyes and your trust upon me, and, and I'm going to show you what's about to happen in your life. See, I know that things can look, can look bad, but Jesus can turn something that looks impossible around and make it possible. Which brings me to my scripture that I want to share with you this morning. Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. This is the main scripture where I pull from as we're going to look at what God says about the scripture this morning. Matthew chapter 26, 31 through 35. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on an account of me, for it is written. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock and will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Verse 33. But Peter replied, the rock, the water walker, the man, the confident. This is what he says. Even if all fall away on account of you, what does he say? I never will. I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said, the same. I never will. My grandmother told me years ago, never say never. Never say never. Number one, it's what I feel like God wants to share with me this morning to you. Number one, setbacks happen when you believe that it will never happen to you. Setbacks happen when you believe that it will never happen to you. Matthew chapter 26, look at Peter's words. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I will never disown you. I will never do those things, Jesus. I'm the rock. I'm the one that you're going to build the church upon. I walked on water. You selected me. You handpicked me. I'm within your, your best friend circle with two other guys. I'm the guy. I will never do that. Anybody ever said that before? You see, P Peter sounds a little confident here, don't you think? His confident level is pretty high. But let me tell you, one of the greatest mistakes that you and I can make in our life is that we, we say that we will never do that. That we will never do that. Peter didn't just say it once, but he said it again. And he said it even after the fact that Jesus told him what he was going to do. 
So he was pretty confident. Oh, I never will. Peter, you, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, no, Lord. I'm Peter. You know, I will never do that. Pretty confident. You see, I want you to understand something this morning. Any one of us at any time can, can, can fall victim to sin and have a setback. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord. But you can have a setback in your life. You can fall victim. I, listen, I've known some great men of God who I looked up to over the years, who I thought would never, ever fall away. But what happened? They did. You see, you have to be careful sometimes in your life that you don't become overconfident. That you don't say things like, oh, that will never happen to me. I would never do that in my life. Be careful to say those things because the devil's listening. The devil's listening. And because you say that, what is he going to do? He's going to make every opportunity available to you just to see if you will never do that, what you just said. So you have to be careful that one of the biggest mistakes that we made is that we say, oh, that will never happen to me before. Because you just, I, I, it's, it's a warning, just be careful. Be careful that you never say things like that. Being a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, being a follower of Jesus Christ doesn't mean that, you will, that you're always going to make the right decision or that you'll never have a, an experience, a setback in your life. Some of Jesus' closest friends, anointed by God, had setbacks in their life. Good men of God, great men of God, had setbacks in their life. So you have to be careful that you don't fall victim to those things that the enemy has waiting for each and every one of us in our life. Even, listen, even Paul said this in Romans, and I love what Paul says in Romans 17, uh, excuse me, 7, 15 through 17. This is what he says. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. You have to be careful as you're reading this, this passage of Scripture. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that, this, that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but the sin who lives within me. If Paul can write that passage of Scripture, then you and I need to understand we need to be careful in our life as well. Because Paul was a great man of God. Paul had many setbacks in his life. He had setback after setback after setback. But what I love in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, this is what it says about Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Why? Because when he had a setback, he got up from where he was and he continued to walk on. So he was able to finish the fight. He was able to cross the finish line. Why? Because when he had a setback, he got up and kept walking towards who God was instead of walking away from him. He always had a comeback. He decided that he was going to have a comeback in the middle of a setback. Paul said, I would never do that. I will never do that. Or Peter said, I will never do that in my life. Be careful that you don't allow pride to creep into your life. Well, I've served the Lord 732 years. I would never do that. Be careful. I'm a great Christian. Be careful. Be careful in your life. Because when you allow pride to come in, Proverbs 16, verse 8 says, Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall. So be careful of what you say, that I never will do those things. See, Peter's like, Jesus must have forgot about who I was or who I am. So, you know, God, I'll never do that in my life. All of us in this room can have setbacks in our life. Number two is this. 
setbacks happen when our circumstances change sometimes. You see, if you look at Peter's life, everything in Peter's life was about to change. His whole world was about to turn upside down. Sometimes, you know, you're just kind of rocking through life. Everything's going wonderful, man. You're just kicking along, doing just things are great. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, you get this bad news about something. Or maybe a family member passes away unexpectedly or or something. You have a setback in your life. You see, sometimes those circumstances change you. And it's not always for the best. It's what you choose to do in that circumstance that determines what you will be on the other side. You see, I've had things happen in my life. I've prayed prayers for, over, for my grandfather to, to God heal him, God heal him, God heal him. You know what? He did heal him. He took him home. Could I have been upset? Absolutely. Could I have been mad at God? Absolutely. I could have been frustrated and upset with God and, and cursed God and all those kind of things because God didn't answer my prayer. He answered my prayer. He healed him. He took him home. You see, we can get upset. We can get mad at God, all these kind of things. But what happens when you have a circumstance in your life? What do you do? Where do you turn to? Who do you look to? Because sometimes in our life, at one point, there's going to be a circumstance that comes into your life. Something may happen in your life along this journey, just like it happened to Peter. Peter's best friend, his pastor, was just arrested. He watched them lead him away and take him to face the Sanhedrin. Peter is watching all of this stuff happen to his best friend, to his pastor this morning. Can you imagine this morning if if those doors were kicked in and the militia came in here and grabbed me and took me out? Y'all would be going, yes, he's gone. Hallelujah, he's out of here. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling in that moment? His best friend was just arrested. He's taken to face the leadership of the Sanhedrin. And Peter's standing inside the building as he's watching this unfold. They are are screaming at Jesus. They're, they're, They're calling him all these kind of names. But not only that, but then they begin to punch him. And they begin to slap him. And they begin to spit on him. And Peter's watching all of this. So think about it. His circumstances has changed. He has gone from knowing Jesus to be the miracle and the healer and, and, and being part of this wonderful story. And now he's watching his best friend, his pastor, to being slapped and kicked and, and punched and spit upon. So his circumstances has changed just a little bit. So as he's watching this, you can only imagine what he's thinking. He's human. Well, if they do that to Jesus, what are they going to do to me? Because I'm a follower. If they spit on him, or if they punch him, or they kick him, or whatever, if they do that to him, what are they going to do to me? And all of a sudden, Peter gets a little bit afraid. Because his circumstances has changed. And he begins to worry a little bit. He begins to get anxious a little bit. He begins to get a a little bit afraid. And all of this stuff is happening. He can't take it anymore. So he decides that he's going to go outside. And he goes outside while all of this is going on. And he's thinking in his mind, oh my gosh, what are they going to do to me? What's going to happen to me because I'm a follower? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this little servant girl walks up to him and says, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And what did Peter do in that moment? I don't know who he is. Think about a little servant girl, not the leader of the Sanhedrin, not the Pharisees or the Sadducees. It was a little servant girl that came to Peter and said, hey, aren't you a follower of Jesus? And in that moment, because he was so, uh, you know, maybe he was afraid or he had so much anxiety in his life or he was worried about his life. He said, I don't know who he is. 
I don't know who he is. And then it didn't just happen once, but it happened again. Hey, you've you got to be that follower of Jesus. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know him. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't walk with him. I don't know who he is. And then the third, the third and final time it happened, Peter's response was, he began to curse. He began to swear. The rock, handpicked by God, water walker, you get the picture? He's frustrated. He's afraid. He's fearful for his life. The circumstances has changed drastically in his life. They're watching his pastor, his, his, uh, his rabbi, beaten. And, and all this stuff has happened to him. Do you know him? I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know who he is. He begins to curse and swear. You see, when people put pressure on you, when you feel pressure from the outside of the world, and it feels like your world is falling down on you, be careful because your circumstances changes and who you are in that moment is very important. And the decision that you make in that moment is very important as well. He was, he was upset. Well, Pastor, he had every right to be upset. Yes, he did, but he didn't, have a way, he didn't have the right to act the way he did. None of us do. When we feel pressure, when all the stuff, when it feels like our world's crashing down upon us and our circumstances change, we don't have the right to act the way that we do sometimes, but we do. So we have to be careful that in our, when our circumstances change, that could be a moment for a setback in our life. And Peter had that moment. You see, Peter had all these great things happen. He saw all this wonderful stuff happen. He even saw his mother-in-law healed. Amen? Come on. He saw his mother-in-law healed. He was part of something great that all of a sudden was taken from him in his life. What he saw as used to be possible, now he sees it as being impossible. But when Jesus shows up, things become possible. Shelby, if you would, come on up this morning. You see, John chapter 16, verse 33, this is what it says. These are Jesus' words. He says, I have told you these things. Now, here's, the, here's what I want you to do. If you have your pencil or a highlighter, underline this phrase right now. I have told you these things so that in, what's the next word? Say it again. Say it one more time. So that in me, what is it going to say? You may have peace. Notice he didn't say in you. Notice he doesn't say in Trent. Notice he doesn't say in Simeon. Notice he doesn't say in Paul David you will have peace, but he says in me you will have peace. You will have peace in me. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Everything that you're going to go through, I've already overcome it. Every obstacle that you will ever face in your life, the ones that you've already gone through, the ones that you don't even know is going to happen one day, he's already overcome it. He's already conquered it. But when that moment happens, remember where you find your peace. Remember where your peace comes from. See, Peter, he lost that for a moment. He lost it for a moment. But God says, if, if you put your eyes upon me, focus upon me. He goes, on, he goes on to say, in this world you will have trouble. You know what that means? Setbacks. It doesn't say that you will never have trouble. It doesn't say that you will never go through a hard time or you will never have an obstacle in your life. It just says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, exclamation point, I have overcome the world. Our peace is found in Jesus when we go through a difficult time. 
even when our circumstances change. And the third and final thing is this. Comebacks happen when we allow Jesus to restore us. Comebacks happen when we allow Jesus to restore us. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19, this is what it says. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. In verse 19, Jesus said, this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. In that moment was Peter's full restoration. After Peter had denied him, after Peter had done everything that Peter said he would not do, Jesus walks up to Peter that morning and he begins the restoration process in his life. Why? Because he wasn't finished with Peter's life. It wasn't over. You see, Peter Peter had already gone back fishing. Peter had already gone back doing what Peter had always done, kind of like you and I do when we mess up. We kind of go back to our old ways and we go, well, Jesus can't love me anymore. God can't love me anymore. I, I have done this. I've done that. I just might as well just go back and be me. It's not over yet. It's not over. You see, if you remember that Peter was the one who claimed to love Jesus more than everybody else did, when he said, when he looked at Jesus and said, I will never fall away from you, even when everybody else will, I never will. He was proclaiming his great love for Jesus in that moment. You see, Jesus wanted to know if Peter still had that same love and devotion that he did before he denied him. If you would, I want you to stand with me this morning as we get ready to close out our service. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.